Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, my patron peeps, thank you so much for supporting the show, patrons. Uh, uh, Thank all of you for doing your part in uh, watering this garden. Uh, And let's get out with the show. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play, and I'll do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping awake, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, you know, things you're thinking about, emotions you're experiencing, physical things you're feeling. It could be changes in time, temperature, schedule, whatever is keeping you awake. I'd like to help. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake. I think I said that. Uh, so maybe I, sometimes I'll use it. The way I'm going to do it is uh, I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use circular logic of a repetitive nature. Uh, circular. Usually I prefer ovular or, you know, ellipses. Once I know what an ellipses is... Uh, well, boy, you better be you better be ready because I'll be like uh, I'll be like an elliptical trainer without the exercise, you know, for bedtime. Maybe I could do that. Like, uh, what if I started recording the podcast through a, like a conch shell or a not, you know, one of those other shells that are already brand. We'll say those our shells are branded scoots. Uh, okay, what about a rant? You know, what about a? Uh, like a horn that, like a shell that looks like a ram's horn. Cause you know, I don't want to use a ram's horn unless it's like a reclaimed one. They say, well, that ram left it behind when the ram went to the big, you know, the ram was already on its way to the, they say, okay, well, this is a bedtime podcast. I don't know who's become mixing up my metaphors right now. Uh, I think we should probably stick to exercise equipment, uh, shell related exercise equipment. Like the like elliptical is actually a word, Scoots. Oh, oh well, uh, yeah. Like, uh, um, sorry, but so I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, apologies. Uh, I'm going to basically be here to keep you company as you fall asleep. If you're new, expect some tangents. You've already heard a few. Uh, expect some that don't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, what I'm going to try to do is keep you company as you drift off. Uh, structurally, what to expect. Uh, the show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep it free and going. Uh, then we, uh, so it starts off with a few minutes of business. And there's an intro. We're probably like four minutes in the intro. Intros are usually around 12 minutes. And in reality, it's kind of a show within a show. It's kind of part of the podcast uh, where I go off. Like I try to explain what the podcast is efficiently. And then I'm unable to do so because of a, like, a, it's kind of like, um, I don't know what it's like. It's just like what the podcast is. I discovered, actually, I was listening to some old episodes, and it took a while to develop this 12 to 14 to 17 to 16 to 11 to 10 to 18-minute intro. Uh, for a while, it was a bit of a bada-bing, bada-boom, here we go, sleep stuff's coming uh, but slowly I learned uh, that some listeners like, uh, they, they like to fall asleep to something kind of familiar, but different every time intro, uh, something that's pretty nonsensical, but a lot of listeners, it's part of their wind down routine. 
You say old Scoots is going to start off explaining the podcast and go off on a tangent and get a little losty poo. Is he still thinks about what was he saying? Was he the elliptical trainer of podcasts? Uh, Definitely not the stair climber. You say, what piece of equipment in a gym is most like it? I say, well, which piece of equipment has the most hot air? I'd say the sauna, steam room. Not only are those relaxing, but they're full of hot air, which is what this podcast is. You see, has there ever been, you know, in the history of the world, like back when they had like these amusements uh, were a little bit different, a laughing steam room? Because that would, would be a, a, a laugh, the sauna that giggled. Okay, put that down as another book title for me. And would say, no, no, the sun is giggling about something, not about you. Of course not. The sun is giggling with you. Though this, I mean, here's the thing, and this will be, maybe this makes some people giggle. Saunas deal with a lot of uh, B-U double, you know, butts, butts. They've seen, like, uh, so I guess a sauna would be like, you got to laugh. Uh, people are sitting on me all day long. And, you know, I'm here to, to, uh, I don't know. Shouldn't you get back to explaining what the podcast is, Scoots? You're right, Sauna Steve. You're right, Sauna Sandra. I'll be right back. Uh, yeah, so uh, not sure what be. I guess we already figured it out. Yeah, what has, uh, what exercise equipment has tangents? Usually someone would be going on a tangent in one of those rooms. Maybe the hot tub, it does have bubbles. Uh, and it could have hot, warm air if someone's, you know, get, 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 get a little uh, head beans for lunch. Uh, but okay, so the intro, it, like a lot of listeners listen to it as they wind down. Some people listen to it during the day. But it's a show within a show. Uh, some people skip it, but that's how the show starts. Then there's some business. Then there's the bedtime story, which tonight we'll be talking about the good place. And it'll be, it won't be spoiler free, but it, you say, if you saw the episode four times and you listened to this description, You'd say, you'd say, first off, Scoots, how many episodes of The Good Place have you watched? And I would say, how many times have I watched episodes of The Good Place? Uh, probably four, you know, maybe 400 times, maybe. No, I'd say maybe less, uh, 30 or so times three, 90, maybe 90 times. Uh, okay. And you still don't remember the main characters' names. Well, sometimes I don't. Uh, right. Uh, Part of my message. It's a little bit of the secret sauce. Thanks for revealing that. You'd say, Scoots, could you name two of the main characters right now? Is Di- would you consider Diana Tremaine a main character? No, that's an, uh, a fake name for a character. A cheaty. Uh, also, shirtless cheaty. That may be a different character. That was like, a, oh no, that was a different part of Cheaty's personality. Uh, Eleanor, of course. Uh, Michael, uh, Tahani, uh, Jason, Janet. Is that everyone? Did I forget someone? Holy goodness. Uh, Trevor is not a main character, uh, but uh, the judge. I'm trying to think of other characters' names, but uh, they're escaping me. Uh, almost had it. Oh, Sean. That's that's the other character. Uh, Derek, uh, Mindy. See, I'm pretty good at this, uh, but... <laughs> So let's say, uh, you see, well, Scooch just started naming characters. Then he got all the way down to uh, a pill boy, a donkey dog, um, and, and uh, other, but sometimes I'll say, what's that on the wall of that bar? What does that say? So we'll do that for a little while. 
And then we have some thank yous at the end. So it's kind of a, a meandering show. But here's the thing. You don't need to listen to me. This is a podcast you can listen to. Believe me, I'm here to help you take your mind off stuff with a little bit of nonsense and a lot of extra details and just watching my brain jump around and say, hey, brain, what's up next? Uh, do you have any more? Did you think of any shell names that aren't uh, patented yet? No. Okay. Hey, brain, did you double check your database to see if conch, one of my saying conch shell uh, right to, did you see what, if I could do a podcast or through a shell, it wouldn't be bad. Here's an, here's the thing. If you hear waves in a, uh, a shell, would you hear, would a microphone hear waves in a, you know, that's, isn't that a reasonable question? No. Okay. Get back. Okay. So I'm back. Uh, so you don't need to listen to me. I'm going to be here to keep you company and you can listen at any volume or as long as you need to. And there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here about an hour. And you could listen to probably 300 shows in a row if you needed. Uh, So you drift off whenever you want. I'm here to keep you company as you fall asleep. Uh, Just like a friend would. would Sit at your bedside and uh, talk to you. But you you don't have to entertain me or clean up after me. Or even be around me. Like I'm here to to service you at a distance. yeah, but so was I trying to say? Oh, you don't need to listen to me. No pressure to fall asleep. If you can't sleep, though, I'm going to be here till the very, very end. Keeps coming up the very end. I got strawberry shortcake on the subconscious somewhere. I don't know where, but uh, somewhere. So not in that place. Okay, no. Some other part. Like uh, I think, like hopefully, with some sort of conscious, we say, hey, uh, why don't you? Maybe that would be good. Hey, here's an idea for a reboot. Strawberry Shortcake Life Coach. And all she does is say, she just adds berry to stuff, uh, like affirmations. Like she stands at the foot of the person's bed and says, Brad, you're going to have a very good day. And Brad says, well, I don't know what kind of day I'm going to have. Uh, and she says, exactly. So you're going to have a very good day. Whatever the day carries. Maybe it would be funnier if it was Barry. Or maybe that would be the client. That could be like midway through the season. The client, she says, this just isn't working. When I say Barry's, have, Barry, Barry's having a very good day, uh, it, it didn't work. Suddenly I wondered if I really was a life coach. Might work better as a fake autobiography. You're right. My Days as a Life Coach by Strawberry Shortcake. Barry's Barry Good Day. Okay, so I'm going to try to take your mind off stuff. Uh, You don't need to listen to me. I'm here to keep you company. And the reason I made the show is because I've been there. I know how it feels. Uh, Sometimes it can feel a little bit, uh, it can feel Barry, uh, L-O-N-L-E-Y, or however you spell that word. And I'm, I'm here to be your friend, uh, to be a friendly voice, at least, uh, across the deep, dark night. Someone to say, hey, I, I smoothed it and patted it, rubbed it down, cleaned all the berry crumbles. I said, strawberry shortcake, you can't, what are you doing? This isn't even your bed. You can't eat. First of all, you're eating strawberry shortcake? Now, that's a bit strange. No offense, strawberry shortcake. And then she said, it's very good. And I said, well, just do it in your own bed. Don't eat it in this listener's bed. Because now I got to clean it up, which I did, and I vacuumed it, uh, and I smoothed it, and I patted it, and I rubbed it down. 
because you you really do deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve dignity and respect. Uh, you deserve to be rested. You deserve to be breathe in and let your shoulders uh, relax and unwind. Uh, I'm here to help. I guess that's basically what I'm saying. It's my honor to do so. Because as I said, I know how it feels. It doesn't feel very good. No, but no offense, strawberry shortcake. Uh, don't try to cheer me up after 1 a.m. And also, if we're sharing a dorm room or whatever, don't freaking eat your berries uh, so loud. Why do you got to? Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up these gripes with you right in front of all the listeners. Also, starting a business with strawberry shortcake. A few of them. No, that's patented. Easy Bake Oven's patented. I already told you that. But I said, can you stop, please stop smacking your berries at night uh, or whatever that noise is. Oh, it's in my imagination. Oh, that's our other roommate. Oh, Eeyore's our other roommate. That's great. Uh, Okay, I got to get back to the podcasters uh, or the listeners. So I'm here to help. Give the few show a few tries if you've never listened before, because it takes a few tries to get used to. It's a little bit different. Uh, but I really appreciate you giving the a shot. Uh, and I work uh, very hard. I strive and I yearn to help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks again for coming by. And uh, here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. All right, everybody, we're talking about uh, Season 3, Episode 7, A Fractured Inheritance of a Good Place. And it starts off with uh, Tar- Tarantella, Tarantella Springs in Nevada, the famous dance. Uh, and we see a three-car garage, which made me say, Holy McMansion. And it's uh, Michael and Eleanor. They're parked outside of Eleanor's mother's current house, uh, just looking at the uh, scene, what they're talking, it looks like there's two phones on the windshield. They may have uh, wireless charging on their windshield, and it makes sense that they would, you know, need to get Soul Squad needs to give in communication. Mike, Michael's still in a business casual outfit, uh, blue tie, possibly a gray coat made of linen. Uh, Eleanor's in a turtleneck, uh, and a really nice one, very pretty colors. I really like the colors of purple. A sherbet kind of orange and uh, purple and pink, uh, and a little bit of uh, earth tones in there, too. She has a jean jacket on. Uh, it's chapter 33 at the open. Also, uh, pop culture references of Rascal Flats, Toe Rings, and Gene Simmons. Uh, what does this say? 30, oh, 30, good, two, zero, zero, poo. Uh, Darm Thamur. I'm pretty sure this says Diana Tremaine. Maybe this is episode thirty. I think I probably just said what because it, it just went by on the screen. I think maybe it is chapter thirty. If a good place is man, my handwriting. But I know uh, Eleanor's mom's going by the name of Diana Tremaine. Help you, mom, man. This isn't about you. Uh, maybe this is, oh, help your mom. Uh, this isn't about you. That's what Michael says. He's taking on more and more, at least he reminds me more and more of my therapist, uh, yeah, which is probably TMI. But maybe, you know, maybe I'll need to get into that because uh, my therapist kind of does remind me of a pop culture, like a vague pop culture, 80s figure. 
Uh, Eleanor says to her mom, how could you do this to me? Then it opens notes, chapter 33. I'm, uh, TV's way ahead of me. This is the only podcast that takes, you know, longer than the episode. Uh, baby, you found me. Uh, stretch out, uh, Alex Trebek reference, uh, me, oh, McMansion, Colossus Napkins, there's, there's like acrylic nails, a lot of good things. Uh, yeah, we meet Dave, who I believe is played by Andy Daly, delightful, delightful uh, Dave, I would say delightful Dave. Uh, I think she says my little potato, oh, she says meet my little potato, he, maybe he says meet my little potato pie, Patricia, great alliteration. You see, oh, how do you know one another? Oh, from uh, our, uh, or how do you know Eleanor? Uh, Capazeta Jones. Uh, get that, you get that one, Capazeta Jones. Uh, I think just signed a deal with uh, a new, like, uh, Netflix, I think. Uh, you're just trying to rewind back to the beginning of the episode. Uh, uh, then we were at, we see the exterior of your museum with Camilla signs. It's a Budapest. Oh, I said to look up Budapest museums, which I did. This is a museum with a Z. The persistence of conception, I think is what it says. Uh, Tahani, uh, love, cheaty, impressed, uh, uh, something. I think cheaty's just impressed. They're all in line together. Oh, Tahani doesn't like waiting in line. Uh, yeah, Chidi's impressed that she has her whole wing uh, named after her. Yeah, Jason's talking about the art. Uh, Tahani's name dropping. Uh, let's see. Jana tells the truth about. Oh, she says you, you got to make you got to apologize. And you got to make amends to your sister. Your competitive relationship kept you from the good place. Uh, it could be the truth for Camilla also. You know, I didn't think to take notes about Camilla's hair. She wears a chef's hat the whole episode. I think. Uh, and now that I'm looking at it, it probably isn't her real hair, but she has these two um, braids coming out. Uh, and uh, and her, she pulls it off because uh, she can pull anything off. But uh, uh, they go into like these multiple colors. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, oh, and then uh, uh, it looks like uh, Camilla's giving out omelets and poetry. She says to a woman, is a fi- it was a frog. Stares up towards the treetops. So too does uh, something humbly gawk at the purity of a blinding truth. Uh, and uh, there's napkins. She hands out. She goes, oh, napkins and forks in the back. And then she says, this is a commentary on the world. Uh, uh, familiar something with uh, subservience. Uh, concept of something. Big farm and pedagogy. Or pedagogy. Uh, what is this? Oh, subservience, uh, consumption, big big farm, and pedagogy. And she, she says, Tahani said, uh, does something, so she says, uh, oh, refuses an omelet. So she says, over, no refunds. Uh, and then to, to uh, I didn't know if they were German or Hungarian uh, gentlemen, or say, they kind of, they, they're like the uh, Stadler and Wal- Waldorf for this episode. And Chidi, it's one of the languages that Chidi's fluent in, because they say, how could you, Tahani, uh, diss your sister? And then we're back with Dave and Michael. They're talking about architecture, the Hooters on I-15, uh, how uh, he met uh, Diana Tremaine at the Desert Rash Bar. She's a spitfire. 
And then he says, how did uh, you and Eleanor meet? Uh, and he says, we lived in the same neighborhood. Oh, but Michael says it in this dramatic way. And he says, what a fun way to say a normal thing. Uh, Moondog, purity you're great. Oh, pleasant, uh, Dave, make good drinks. Uh, let's see if we could un- uncork what I meant. Dave makes good drinks. They say Dave's margaritas are good. Your mom's doing pretty great. Uh, and Eleanor says, oh, please. I was able to get that. Uh, then Janet and Jason, they're kind of on a date, uh, a database to date. Uh, and Jason's joking about the art. She says, geez, you're being silly and effortlessly charming. But he picks out this one piece of art. She says, that's the most valuable piece of art here. Worth is 32.9 million. Jason says, what about that? She says, 13.7 million. Uh, then Tahani has a revelation, short world, uh, or something, short world, and I would like to take responsibility. Oh, she says to her sister, uh, I'd like to say, uh, take responsibility for our fraught relationship, uh, uh for whatever hurt I've caused you, I sincerely apologize. And, uh, Camilla continues to test her. She says, thank you, but I do not accept your apology. Is that all then? And then I put it, look up how to apologize. Uh, and Tahani crosses arms and walks off. Uh, or maybe Camilla does, but Tahani's floored. Yeah, Camilla walks off. Uh, Tahani throws an egg. Uh, impressed, frustrated. Oh, those are the uh, Germans or Hungarians. Uh, the, the eggs on the painting, which they think Camilla did. Uh, then we see Eleanor searching the, uh, Diana Tremaine's stepdaughter's room. There's a fabric tent. It seems like a pink Nemo doll, but it could have been the color I'm watching it in. Purple lampshade, lots of plush in there. Blue light bulb, uh, desk lamp, uh, white desk, uh, piggy bank with hearts on it. At first I thought it was a dollhouse with paper birds, but it more was like storage. Uh, a very cute plush bunny. Yeah, it was storage for plush with two open doors. Uh, there was like a flamingo or a horse uh, on a bookshelf. Uh, yeah, in their backyard, there's a giant orange, orange minimalist horse sculpture. I didn't know if that was for playing. Yeah, Michael calls her Doc McStuffins. Uh, I put WTF here because it's a cheap, you know, uh, Dave's supposed to be an architect, but he has a cheap plastic play. I mean, it probably costs a lot of money, but... Uh, like a plastic playhouse in his backyard, yellow and blue. Yeah, Michael talks about the architect's code. Yeah, young, then he tries to parent uh, Eleanor. He says, young lady, you will stop this nonsense. And uh, he said, yeah, I was going for a, dad, a stern dad vibe. Uh, go to the PTA meeting and support your mother. I won't hear another word. Uh, then Tahani and Cheater talk, and he's like, maybe I could talk to your sister. Like a third-party mediation with uh, Camilla. And he says, I am Tahani's friend, Chidi. And uh, she's totally name drops, like that she knows about names. She goes, Chidi is an Igbo word for me. That means God exists. And she goes, huh? He goes, well, I don't know the etymology of your name. And then she kind of grabs like emergent imaginary strings or badges or spirits off of him. And she says, all of your fears are now mine. And Chidi's stunned. Uh, and they put, is Camilla like a mashup of John Lennon and Yoko Ono, like rolled up into one? Uh, but Chidi's kind of speechless. He goes, she's amazing. 
Uh, then Tahani goes into action mode, uh, and she says, I demand you accept my apology. I've become a fully formed adult with empathy and uh, something, arm awnings or something. And uh, she says, you know, you got to accept my apology. Uh, more Tahani theatrics with zero follow through. That's what Camilla says. Uh, I guess I was the one with the boldness gene and the good eyebrow gene. Then I put, oh no. So I don't know if that's what somebody says that. Uh, then we're at the MGM Grand Elementary School, Luxury Resort Casino Elementary School. Uh, Dave and Michael are cracking architect jokes. Uh, also on the MGM Grand Elementary School. Sign it says always bet on Reed, and uh, uh, Diana Tremaine wins the PTA thing, like whatever treasurer. And she says, "I did it for a pretty great kid." And they, it's not Eleanor; it's the other kid. And they zoomed Eleanor's face. Uh, then she drops the facts on Dave, uh, calls him a mark, uh, but he's like, "I already knew all that." Uh, and she goes, "Well, you don't know my mom." And he's something about a bit of a bad boy, which reminded me of this spot. Yes, and not bad boy. And then Michael says to Eleanor when they're alone, I changed, you changed. Why can't she change? And this is really good, uh, you know, for Eleanor, a tough point. For us as an audience, like uh, a real quality point of emotional investment. Really sweet. I mean, in a sad way. But uh, he says, why can't you accept it? I put holy cow describing the quality of this uh, scene in the acting. And I don't want to take it from you, but she says, you know, I wanted that, Mom. And then I put wow with three exclamation points. And then Michael has some emotional honesty because he says, uh, kind of like the great Jean-Luc Picard has taught us, uh, he's like, I don't even know what to say. To You know, I can't I don't have anything to say to you uh, to fix this, uh, you know, which is the truth. I don't know that there is a right thing. Oh, then they have the votes because there's one vote for both of uh, decent nuts, uh, uh, which would probably Eleanor cast. Uh, then we're in the laundry room, and Eleanor apologizes. Clen uh, laundry detergent, K-L-E with uh, something over it, N. And she busts her mom. Her mom has a stash of cash in there. Uh, then we're with Chidi and uh, Tahani as they were busted. And, uh, like, uh, Tani's trying to process things. She goes, Jesus, this was always, uh, I think, uh, Camilla's things on the decline. This is extremely derivative art. And she goes, Jesus, you know, my parents' standards, mother and father's standards were impossible to please. Uh, then they do an art zoom flashback. Uh, uh, four hours, you got four hours to make a painting based on a moment in French history. The winning painting will hang in our foyer for a party, uh, party honoring Francois Mitterrand. And the looting, losing painting will be kindling in our hearth. Uh, and uh, something very, uh, something. And they say, okay, begin. Oh, very game show, like uh, the parents say. Uh, then there's a reveal of the meaning of the paintings. In uh, another scene of Adept, it was when Tahani goes, uh, up to her sister, she says, I'm going to hug you because I love you. And you feel just as lonely as I do. I'm sorry our parents were wankers. I'm so sorry. And Camilla, like, the only thing is these high points are so high. Uh, it'll be interesting the next episode. Like, uh, really, 
it shows so good it's putting itself in a tough position, which I guess is always good. This uh, creative, uh, these creative challenges. It makes me excited to see what they're going to come up with next. Yeah, but she, she says they were wankers, the biggest wankers on earth. Uh, and then the Germans or uh, uh, Hungarians say, "Oh, how wonderful is Camilla!" Uh, and there's great music playing, uh, kind of a, a version of the Good Place theme. What does this say? Oh, new name, same game. Yeah, but there's real concern on Eleanor's face with her mom, and they have a you basic off. Uh, and Eleanor says, no, Mom, you're basic, and that's okay. Ma, she's like, yeah, I was doing restorative yoga. And Eleanor helps her mother. Exactly uh, these Soul Squad missions this episode. And she says, spell, you know, spell, spell, spend the money on Patricia. What does this say? You're T-U-R-N-E-L, Turnal. You're Funnel, you're Turned, you're, uh, oh, you've turned into a really good person and uh, props to whoever taught you. So a shout out to the Soul Squad from Diana Tremaine, a.k.a. Eleanor's mom, whose name I, you know, will never remember. Uh, then we see Soul Squad driving. Janet's driving. She's a perfect driver, of course. Uh, <laughs> Chidi is reading blog articles on an iPad. And he says, oh, look at this fractured inheritance by Camilla. It's a review of the show and Tahani. And it says, Camilla conquers the concept of art in quotes. Uh, then Tahani incorrectly thinks she has a better title, uh, yeah, buried, uh, breaking stuff. Uh, then, uh, Michael and Dave are in the uh, talking and he goes, yeah, you did a, Michael had these, uh, architect, uh, Willis blueprints for Dave. Uh, Dave goes, these are great, but there's no bathrooms. And Michael goes, well, geez, yeah, just, uh, whoops. Uh, I, I use the bathroom just like everyone else. I love to sit on the thing and shoot one, shoot one out, uh, and then he just goes off, goodbye, uh, good luck. Uh, the Melano- uh, Michael and Eleanor, Melanor, are in a car, uh, double happy, both of them happy. Uh, but Eleanor still has mixed feelings. She goes, you know, this isn't easy. My feelings are still hurt by my mother. And uh, the remnants of, you know, made, made uh, the path that I've walked as an adult. And part of that path was never even telling anyone, even a boyfriend, that I loved them. And uh, Michael says, oh, boy, Uh, he goes, well, I forgot about your after when I was talking about your life, I forgot about your afterlife life. Uh, So he drops a cheaty bomb on her. uh, And uh, Eleanor says, wait, what? We did what now? And then Michael cast off with, hey, would you want to listen to a podcast? Uh, And the episode comes to a close. So delightful episode. I mean, really, for a uh, situational comedy, there's a lot of, like, uh, tons of humor in this. Uh, but really, I mean, we're talking about these this undercurrent of major things uh, subtly woven in with these emotional notes uh, that flavor it so well. So let's uh, let's do some research on what came up here in this episode. All right, so let me just give you a preview. I'm going to try to look up McMansion, Rascal Flats, Artificial Nails, Good Museums in Budapest, uh, Pedagogy, Interstate 15, Apology, Spiggy Bank, Stack McStuff, and Yoko, Ebo, 
with, I believe, a silent G. It's I-G-B-O, language, uh, foyer, mitteron, parse, a uh, couple word, offensive words in the U.K., and yoga, uh, restorative yoga. Uh, so let's see what we could get through here. Uh, we got some time. Um McMansion. Now, for me, it's if you have three garages, and again, this isn't McMansion aiming. Yeah, so if you live in a McMansion, that's great. Or if you live in a house with three garages, so holy cow, start a podcast and put a sauna in there uh, for the love of everything. Because uh, that's what, uh, I mean, that's a dream, right? Is uh, to, 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 to do that. So for sure, uh, uh, yeah, but it's like, uh, that's a sign of McMansion. Because most people don't have three cars. I mean, maybe... You do if you have a kid with a car uh, and you have two cars and you live in the exurbs or the suburbs, yeah, if you have to commute. Yeah, but that's always been it. Uh, but let's see what the Wikipedia says. It's a pejorative term for large mass-produced dwelling uh, with uh, low-quality materials. And co- oh, I didn't realize it was so pejorative. Uh, in craftsmanship, a mishmash of uh, symbols and styles, uh, Connotations of wealth and taste executed poorly. It's also an example of a mick word. Uh, uh, it associates the generic quality of these luxury homes with that of uh, fast food by evoking the restaurant chain. Uh, it may have appeared as early as the 1980s uh, in uh, LA Times in 1990, New York Times in 98, it appeared. Uh, let's see, new multi-story home, prizes, appearance over, and size over quality. Uh, built at one, all built at once in a subdivision or as a dwelling that replaces a smaller house uh, in a neighborhood of smaller houses that uh, too large for its lot. Uh, uh, may lack uh, side windows due to proximity to the other houses. But, you know, that's the situation out here. Uh, is uh, the land, you know, it, it, you know, you may not have a choice if you're moving into one of these places. You say, well, I'd love a side yard and side windows. You know, but if my neighbor's house is like two feet away, uh, let's see, symmetrical structures, clear-cut lots, Palladian windows, uh, uh, multiple chimneys, dormers, pilasters, uh, columns, inside and outside, a master suite with dressing rooms and bath spa, great rooms, breakfast and dining rooms, showplace kitchen, and extra wide and high garages for SUVs, uh, maybe 3,000 square feet, a 9 to 10 foot uh, ceilings, two-story portico. Uh, origins, possibly, were in the 80s in California as a larger home concept was to fill the gap between uh, a suburban tract home and upscale uh, custom homes in gated and communities. Uh, uh, such communities were developed as subdivisions or pre-existing neighborhoods were transformed by building on empty lots or replacing structures. Homes proved popular, particularly in light of uh, new land management laws. Yeah, but ever, efforts to economize, you know, impacted quality. Yeah, so that's a little bit about it. A little bit about McMansions. Uh, nice to say. Uh, who, who, who's Rascal Flats? I've heard of Rascal Flats before, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. It's American Country Band. 
according to Wikipedia, uh, formed in just 1999. Uh, Gary, I would have put Rascal Flatts, no joke. I would have said they were from like 68. Uh, uh, Gary Lavox, uh, Jada Marcus, Jodan Rooney. Uh, let's see. Uh, they recorded on uh, Disney's Lyric Street record. Uh, seven albums, all certified platinum or higher. Uh, in order to release the albums were Rascal Flatts, A Melt, uh, Feels Like Today, Me and My Gang, Still Feels Good, Greatest Hits Volume 1, Unstoppable. Then they moved to Big Machine Records, where they released five albums. Uh, they've had 25 singles. Uh, 14 have gotten to number one on uh, uh, High Country Songs or Country Airplay. Uh, number long lasting number one was Mar- a, ca- ca- a cover of Marcus Hummins' Bless the Broken Road. Uh, they met at the Fiddle and Steel Guitar Bar in Nashville, and uh, that's how they met up, I guess. Uh, you know, jamming in Nashville, and uh, yeah, they, they have a little history starting the aughts. Uh, Looks like they performed with Carrie Underwood, Kenny Chesney. Uh, looks like they have, uh, they're part of a holiday thing. Uh, let's see. They've worked with people from American Idol. They put out a live album. You know, per, 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 they've done a lot of touring, I presume. Uh, they got in a, a, a restaurant business. Yeah, they worked with uh, Hidden Pantorette, uh, uh from Nashville TV show. And uh, it looks like they've helped uh, music education. Uh, they have uh, a foundation, worked with Make-A-Wish, uh, Ohio State's Big Wish Gala. And yeah, they've had a lot of success. Uh, they were one of the biggest uh, touring albums. They, they actually have had a lot of uh, success with physical albums and digital and touring. In 2005, they were one of the top draws of the year. Uh, yeah, year after year. So they're a really successful band. I I, I mean, I, I don't like uh, know their music, but I'm sure there's a lot of fans, and that's great. And you know who else is like a fan is when people fan out their fingers uh, to show off their nails, and sometimes they're artificial nails. And I said, what's the difference between an acrylic nail and something else? Well, some uh, mimic the appearance of fingernails, while others uh, stray for an artistic look. Uh, they're an extension, not a replacement. There's tips and forms. Uh, tips are uh, plates uh, glued onto the end of the natural nail, uh, where forms are shaped as sheets with a sticky edge that's wrapped around the tip of the finger. I definitely didn't know this. Uh, atop of these, either acrylic or hard gel or a combination of both can be applied. Oh, so acrylic or gel are the things uh, that go on the top. You know, tips are available in different sizes and uh, shapes. Uh, uh, solid colors like a gel or regular nail polish, graphic designs. Uh, and they can be shaped uh, or cut into a variety of things. Uh, but this kind of talks about how they make it. Uh, Oh, there's, uh, yeah, uh, acrylic nails or acrylic gel, which has photo initiators, which prevent its curing until exposed to ultraviolet light. Uh, so they're coming up with new techniques with these nails all the time. 
Uh, but historically, according to Wikipedia, even in the Ming Dynasty, the long artificial nails were a status symbol. Uh, you know, because if you worked with your hands, it was different. Uh, in Greece, uh, upper-class women often wore empty pistachio shells over their nails. Uh, uh, Egyptian women wore nail extensions uh, made from different things as a sign of status. Uh, so that's a, a, like a little bit about it. Let me see if there's anything else. Musical usage. Uh, musicians who play stringed instruments may wear artificial nails in a playing. Uh, Don Ross, Doyle Dykes, and James Taylor are known for doing so. So that's a little bit uh, about nails. Uh, what about uh, uh, Budapest or Bu- Budapest or Budapest? Uh, what about this is we love Budapest.com. And I've never been there. I'd love to go. So hopefully one day I'll uh, be there on tour or something. Uh, here's uh, the so they have uh, 15 major museums and galleries to visit uh, while you're there. This is from 2015. So maybe out of date. Uh, there's the uh, Budapest History Castle Museum, uh, Holocaust Memorial Center, the House of uh, Stuff Museum, Hungarian House of Photography, Hungarian Museum of Science and Technology and Transport, Hungarian National Gallery, Hungarian National Museum, Hungarian Natural History Museum, the Kiscelli Museum, the Kunsthal. Uh, Ludwig Museum, Memento Park, Museum of Applied Arts, Museum of Ethnography, and Museum of Fine Arts. Uh, Budapest History Museum has three different uh, sections, uh, Roman Antiquities, Medieval, and the Modern Age and Local History. Uh, And then the center is uh, the Buda Castle, also known as the Castle Museum. And that's where information on Budapest in the modern age uh, uh, has that. Uh, uh, the Holocaust Memorial Center uh, offers an inter- interactive permanent ex- exhibition that takes visitors uh, through the history, as well as historical accounts, original documents, and objects. A central courtyard for reflection and uh, eight-meter-high black glass wall uh, bearing names and memorial, library bookshop, uh, Abram Information Center, uh, and as you can find that, uh, there's the House of Something Museum, uh, uh, which has like a kind of political history. Uh, then there's a Hungarian House of Photography, and this is in the My Mono House. Uh, it has international historical and contemporary photo exhibitions. Uh, Museum of uh, Science, Technology, and Transport, uh, steam trains and planes, uh, real-sized locomotives and wagons, uh, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, the the National Gallery is the largest. This might have been where Tahani Singh was. The building looks a little different, but uh, it's in Buda Castle, uh, largest collection of fine arts in Hungary, late Renaissance, Baroque, uh, Gothic, uh, 19th century. So and then there's the Hungarian National Museum. This is where it looks like Tahani's exhibi- exhibition may have been. If they did it, I don't think they shot it in Budapest, but uh, this building looks, it's the largest museum in Hungary, Hungarian culture and history, and a realistic, oh, this is a history museum, though, uh, a realistic picture of Hungarian history in all its grief and joy. Very important to visit. Then there's a natural history museum. Uh, 
uh, which was once a military academy. Uh, you could learn about the national, natural environment, ge- geology, dinosaurs, minerals, rocks, and gems. The K-I-S-C-E-L-L-I Museum, Kiscelli Museum, uh, modern age history, fine art, uh, and once was was a Baroque monastery and church. Uh, antique furniture, trade signs, blueprints, silverware, contemporary photos, uh, trying to feature contemporary Hungarian artists. Uh, then uh, K-U-N-S-T-H-A-L-L-E, so Kunstal. Kunstal, maybe, uh, is at Hero Square, uh, Contemporary Visual Arts. Uh, it's a neo-Renaissance building from 1896 uh, to promote Hungarian and international visual arts trends. This would be where it would be, though, because it has five major exhibitions each year, uh, showcasing renowned Hungarian and foreign contemporary artists. Uh, Ludwig, Ludwig Museum is in the Palace of Arts. Uh, permanent collection has American pop art, a uh, strong focus on Eastern and Central European art, Hungarian art, as well as the Hungarian masters. Uh, Memento Park uh, gives you a glimpse back behind the Iron Curtain. It's a bit further out from the city, but it has a lot of monuments. Uh, stunning historical collection that were removed from the streets. Uh, uh, in 1989-1990. The uh, Museum of Applied Arts uh, is uh, a great example of Hungarian Art Nouveau architecture, so sign me up. Uh, it has a permanent exhibit of Hungarian craftsmanship and artwork, uh, design events, uh, temporary modern exhibitions. And it does need to be reconstructed. It says... Uh, Museum of Ethnography is a national museum across from the Hungarian Parliament, uh, and its permanent exhibition is titled uh, Traditional Culture of the Hungarians. So it looks specifically at the culture, traditions, and life of the Hungarians uh, from the 18th century to WW1. Uh, museum of Fine Arts, this is also another place where it could have been, uh, uh, Tahani could have been going. Uh, let's see, we got the Museum of Fine Arts, uh, eclectic neoclassical style uh, near Hero Square, uh, international works of art from all periods of European art, uh, six major collections, Egyptian, classical, antiquities, sculpture, old master, Department of Art after 1800, and prints and drawings. Uh, so those are a couple of good reasons to love Budapest. What about pedagogy or pedagogy? Yeah, it is uh, most commonly, according to Wikipedia, understood as approach to teaching refers more broadly to theory and practice of education and how this influences the growth of learners. Uh, It's the study of how knowledge and skills are exchanged in an educational context and considers the interactions that are taking place during learning. Yeah, so uh, just a word, and there's a famous book, uh, you know, that you may have read, uh, yeah, which I think is probably being looked at in a new way now. Uh, but this is a really extensive Wikipedia article if you're more interested in getting a deeper dive into pedagogy or pedagogy or the correct, correct pronunciation of it. Uh, what about Interstate uh, 15, I-15? I know I-5. Uh, 
but I don't know, I-15. It's a major interstate highway in the western U.S. Uh, it begins in the border at uh, San Diego County and stretches all the way to Alberta, Canada. It passes through California, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, and Idaho, and Montana. It serves the cities of San Diego, Las Vegas, St. George, Salt Lake City, uh, Pocatello, Idaho Falls, and Butte. Uh, and it passes close to Orange County, L.A., Provo, Utah, Ogden, Utah, and Helena, Montana. It's known as the Veterans Memorial Highway. It sounds like it's really got a lot of beautiful major junctions, include uh, I-8 in San Diego, I-10 in Ontario, I-40 in Barstow, uh, I-515 in Las Vegas, uh, I-70 in Cove, Fort Utah, I-80 in Salt Lake. So that's where I would see it. uh, I-84, Riverdale, and Tremont in Utah. I-86 in Chubbuck, uh, Chubbuck, uh, Idaho, and I-90 near Butte. It was built to connect the Inland Empire with San Diego and California, uh, facilitate tu- tourism access to Las Vegas, and provide access to Arizona Strip, uh, and interconnect all of the metropolitan statistical areas in Utah, except for Logan. Yeah, provide freeway bypasses for Pocatello, Idaho Falls, and Gray Falls. Uh, since its creation, is also a long-haul route for North American commerce. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit. That sounds like it, it, sounds like it could be a nice drive. Uh, what about apologies? I found two separate articles about apologies that kind of maybe broaden my idea of it. Uh, uh, this one is from Psychology Today. It's by Michael Carson, uh, Feeling Our Way, uh, July 14, 2016. You know, it's talking about how, you know, apologies are, uh, uh, how to say you're sorry, you know. And uh, that's uh, some people say, I'm sorry is typically negatively enforced by parents who stop threatening punishment when a child emits a behavior. Uh, parents eventually discriminate between sincere apologies and insincere ones. Uh, uh, but w- once the child learns how to, the tone and timing, uh, it's hard to tell when they're actually being honest about uh, being sorry. So what does this say about the four parts? This part one for this one is damage assessment. Real apology involves an inventory uh, it's not, I was late. It was also, I led you to believe uh, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't, uh, you'd have to have something to do while you waited for me. So uh, it's uh, taking a look at the real, uh, you know, real uh, results of, like, what are you really apologizing for, I guess. Uh, so I guess that would be done ahead of time. Uh, and that's powerful. if Because uh, I always thought it was, I'm sorry. Uh, that I did this, uh, how can I fix it, uh, and what have I learned maybe? I always forget the fourth one, but uh, I was wrong. I'm sorry uh, that it did this. How how can I make, uh, how can I, uh, m- like, uh, m- make amends? Uh, uh, this says part two is uh, identifying what you did wrong, what you did wrong. I should have called. I should have left earlier. Uh, o- only when you uh, 
genuinely did nothing wrong. Is it okay to say, I'm sorry you had to wait, or I'm so sorry I disrupted the meeting? Uh, So, uh, you know, sometimes you should have had a backup plan anyway. Yeah, three, what you did wrong. Identify uh, what you did. this is the same for this is true for the same reasons that a good treatment plan and therapy requires a case formulation that explains the patient's problem and links to ways that therapy can help. Uh, uh, the next step, what will be different, will be convincing only the fact that it is tied to the reasons you misbehaved. Uh, the more superficial and generic explanation, the less effective the apology will be. Uh, so this example, sometimes I resent how important you've become to be, which I know isn't fair to you, but I think I ended up that I wanted to prove something that pr- prove that I'm important to you as well. And I unconsciously arranged for a situation that proved you would have to wait for me. It goes on. That's interesting. And then four, what's different now? The relationship is not ready to move on until you've made some changes, which address some of the reasons, uh, for your mistake in the first place. So that's interesting. And then this one, that was from Psychology Today. This is from Berkeley, uh, .edu, GGIA, uh, Greater Good in Action, Science-Based Practices for Meaningful Life. Uh, uh, This might not work on mobile. Yeah, here it is. Uh, How to apologize. Acknowledge what happened. Uh, uh, That's the essential element of a good apology, but uh, many apologies don't do this adequately. Apologies are most likely to be well-received if you show you recognize who was responsible, what happened, and the nature of the thing. Uh, For example, I made a mistake is more effective than saying mistakes were made, which fails to allocate responsibility. But to provide an explanation, this one seems tricky, uh, so maybe mashing the two up. In some cases, it's helpful to explain what happened, uh, especially to convey if it was not intentional and that it will not happen again. But explanations that sound like excuses or uh, blame are counterproductive. Uh, It's better to say there's no excuse uh, than offer a shallow defense. Express remorse. uh, uh, You know, say it's natural to have a lot of feelings around this, uh, uh, but uh, you uh, have to convey... Yeah, you're taking full ownership, which Tahani did in this episode. And Eleanor took a lot of ownership of her feelings, too. Acknowledging disappointment in yourself and your commitment to improve and make amends. A good apology should include efforts to repair what happened. Uh, Reparation for tangible things uh, uh, or uh, less tangible things, uh, you know, takes uh, steps to improve your behavior. So that's a little bit about it. What about um, piggy banks? To change, not to, I mean, that was another thing that came up. Uh, also known as a penny bank or money box is the traditional name of a acquainted container used by children. Uh, they are known as collectors as still banks versus mechanical banks. Uh, the name of the piggy bank came from its recognizable piggy shape. Uh, and many financial companies use it, uh, usually made from ceramic or porcelain, painted to serve as a pedagogical device uh, to teach the rudiments of thrift and savings. Uh, some have a rubber or vinyl plug that's remo- removable or a nose. Some have electronic systems. 
Yeah, it comes from pig, P-Y-G-G, an orange-colored clay common used in the Middle Ages as a cheap material for pots to store money, uh, pig pots or pig jars. Uh, there is a dispute where the word P-Y-G-G came from, if it's from the word P-I-G. Yeah, but uh, pig jar had evolved by the 18th century into pig bank. Uh, so there you go. That was the main thing I wanted to find out. Who, who's this Doc McStuffins? I was familiar with her from... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the show, but I saw like a live performance from Doc McStuffins. Uh, there's Doc McStuffins Toy Hospital and Doc McStuffins Pet Rescue. It's an American Irish animated children's television series by Brown Bag Films. Uh, Chris Nee is the executive producer. It premiered on the Disney Channel and Disney Junior. And it's about Doc McStuffins who fixes toys with help from her toy friends. Uh, there's uh, four seasons of Toy Hospital, five seasons of Pet Rescue. Uh, series has received positive review, reviews. Uh, uh, Chris and he described the series as cheers for preschoolers. Uh, the premise uh, chronicles a six-year-old daddy, Dot McStuffins, who decides she wants to become a doctor like her mother, a pediatrician. It takes place in Harrisburg, PA. And she fixes toys and dolls. Uh, in the UK, the show was dubbed with British voice actors. Uh, she activates her magic telescope, and she can do a variety of supernatural effects, including traveling through time, uh, which causes toys, dolls, and stuffed animals to come to life and talk and interact, uh, like uh, Stuffy the Dragon or Filbert McStuffins, Hallie the Hippo, Lambie the Lamb, Chili the Snowman. It sounds like I should hang, this might be, uh, I mean, I wonder, like, uh, I mean, what, what, maybe, I don't know, would Doc McStuffins hang out with me when she grows, she's probably grown up, that's 11 seasons, probably two, probably, yeah, but I mean, maybe, like, uh, uh, I mean, but Doc McStuffins sounds like she could take over the podcast for me when I'm ready to retire, uh, like, uh, I think that would be a perfect fit, uh. It looks like another season's coming out, maybe, uh, of uh, the second show. McStuffinsville Hospital, Doc's Grandma. So it sounds like an interesting show. I've never seen it, but uh, maybe it's been on the background or something. Okay, it looks like we have time for one more. We'll talk about Yoko Ono. Yeah, because it just reminded me, uh, Camilla reminds me of Yoko Ono. Uh, a little bit different, but Yoko's a Japanese multimedia artist, a singer-songwriter, peace activist, uh, you know, it's a charismatic person, uh, performance art, filmmaking. She performs in English and Japanese, and uh, she was the second wife of John Lennon. I uh, grew up in Tokyo, uh, New York City. Uh, let's get to, like, uh, artwork. Uh She's often associated with the Fluxus Group, which was found, founded uh, by her friend uh, George McCunis in the 1960s. She had her first show in 1961 at the AG Gallery. Yeah, joined the Fluxus Group, uh, but uh, one, no, was invited, but stayed independent. Uh, uh, worked with uh, John Cage, Duchamp, a ton of other amazing people here. Oh, neo Dadism. Yeah, she worked with a ton of other amazing people uh, through the New School. Uh, really, this is a, I don't, I don't know if this was a uh, archetype for uh, 
you think about uh, Yoko Ono, she is an archetype, though. Uh, that's a huge impact she's had and continues to have. Uh, if, if you look through this, uh, continuing to do, like, uh, exhibition year after year, uh, and probably retrospectives, uh, musical career. So, uh, you know, ch- check out uh, a little bit, uh, dig a little deeper into uh, Yoko and say, what do Yoko and Camilla uh, have any similarities? Uh, and what are their differences? Uh, so that's it, and uh, good night. Right, I want to say thanks, thanks, good night to Daniel, Hector, and Caroline. Thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Veronica, Brandon, and Justin, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Clive, Rosie, and Blaze, uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. Chloe, Jennifer, and Tina, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Aaron, Christy, and Keith, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Viv, uh, Jeremy, and Kevin, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Forrest, Michael, and Grant, uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Alexis, uh, Timothy, and Marie, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Murasaki, uh, Megan, and Hills, uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, David, Victoria, and Frankie, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Vicky, Ann, and Stacy, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Amanda, Zoe, and Jen, thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Brendan, Tara, and Catherine, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Ann, Sour and Jay, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Deborah, Hannah, and Anthony, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Oeno, Hannah, and Kate, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Sylvia, Wes, and Ben, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Nicholas, uh, Katrina, and Joe, thanks, thanks, and good night. Samuel, Abby, and Jessica, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Hannah, Laura, and April, thank you, thanks, thanks, and night. Caroline, Nicola, and Lynn, thanks, thanks, and night. Maggie, Kimberly, and Jeannie, thanks, thanks, and night. Uh, Joanne C. and Kathleen with a C, thanks, thanks, and night. Uh, Toby, Sarah, and KTR, thank you, thanks, thanks, and night. Katie, Keith, and Jeff, uh, thank you, thanks, thanks, and night. Daniel, Kevin, and Misty, thank you, thanks, and night. Amy, Christine, Gregory, thank you, thanks, and good night, and thanks, thanks, and good night to Sarah Jane. Uh, thanks for your support, everybody. Sleep with me is a proud member of Night Vale Presents. You can check out all of their amazing shows at nightvalepresents.com, including the newest ones, uh, Season 2 of Within the Wires, uh, Dream Boy, and Adventures in New America, uh, nightvalepresents.com. Uh, we're also a member of PRX. You can see everything they're doing at prx.org. And Sleep With Me exists and stays free from direct listener support of either the sponsors or the show on Patreon. The uh, show grows from uh, direct listener support by word of mouth. So thank you so much uh, for your help. And, you know, I help you back here. Let me tuck you one more. Let me push that, tuck that in there. Oh, breathe breathe that out. Oh, you want me to open, open the window or close it a little bit? Okay, there you go. What about this fan? How's it? How do you? How, okay, got it. And yeah, queue up another episode if you need it. I'm here. Uh, Good night.